You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. One thing we're going to do today throughout the entire show is we're going to get Nada's season preview. We got <laughs> mine when I put that in and submitted it to the Locked On NBA show. You haven't listened to that yet, so you'll actually get a sneak peek. It's basically both of our season previews, but you're only going to get Nada's on this episode. You will get mine as uh, Locked On NBA. Just knock that out, send it to David Locke and Nick Angstet. They put it together, and boom, you got yourself at least the Locked On Hornets part of the Locked On NBA show. Uh, Nada, this is the only place that they can get your opinion. And so you are exclusive. This is something that they can only come here for. And I know people are going to be flocking in droves to come hear your opinion on your official season preview. I like you buttering me up for this so that I'm the only one that gets pitchforks and, and torches and people are going to start bombing my mentions about my season preview here. Now, granted, ego wise, I appreciate this, that again, they have to go wait for yours and this, that, and front, and yours is behind basically a timed, timed release that me, I give you the good dope mm-hmm. immediately. So Again, I thank you for allowing me. I thank you for allowing me to give the people the good dope immediately. That way, because I am a man of the people, I am the people's champion of this podcast. So therefore, here here we go. We can get started because this oh, was an interesting list. A, it was an interesting list. That's something that you just dubbed yourself, huh? Okay, yes. interesting that you just yeah. dubbed yourself. Did you say the people's champion? Is that what yes, you said? Yes, that's what I said. I am the people's champion. Um, until you start defending Nick Batum the way you do. And then you're not necessarily the people's champion anymore, but you can't do that here. He doesn't play for us anymore. Exactly. Uh, again, I don't have to worry <laughs> about that trip mine anymore. Uh, again, yeah. he's gone. I don't have to defend him. Now I got to find somebody else to defend from the, from the mobs. So you know what? We'll figure that out as the season goes, but here we go. Season preview. Um, Let's get into this. All right. Uh, it's it's divided into six different categories and really eight because we're supposed to give two predictions and this is a mandate. Um, I don't even know if it's a mandate, but it's basically an outline you're supposed to stick to uh, by our very own Doug Branson sent this mm-hmm. to every single podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, every NBA podcast. And it's divided up into basically eight categories. Start with the first two the biggest storyline heading into the season and what needs to happen for the best case scenario. We also have to give the worst case scenario. So we might just do the biggest storyline in the first segment, best case, worst case in the second segment. We can go down the list. We have plenty of content for today's show. Um, Starting with the main storylines, Nada, I think we'll both agree on this. Here's what I put when talking about the first two or the first talking point. He said there are plenty of storylines to pay attention to. But LaMelo and Gordon's play will both lead the way this year. There were plenty of draft rumors surrounding the Hornets and their love for Wiseman. I talked about the biggest question is what the Hornets would give up at draft time to move up to a spot or two in order to go get Wiseman, but they stay home. They take LaMelo ball, which we both agree was the right call, certainly. So LaMelo ball having this kind of popularity surrounding him, being a Charlotte Hornet, your third overall pick, he's going to be a huge storyline. And also, 
your biggest free agent acquisition in franchise history is going to be a main storyline. I thought those were the two biggest storylines heading into the season. Would you agree? Or is there something else that's even bigger than those two? I think overall, the biggest storyline is, is LaMelo ball. I, I do. I do partially yeah. agree with you. I do think, but I do believe that this is the highest, this is the most talented player the Hornets have drafted since, since Larry Johnson easily. I would probably go saying that this is the kind of draft pick that will either change your franchise for the better, for better or worse. So I do believe that he is the most important storyline. The other big storyline, and you kind of hinted at it for me, and this is where it's kind of cool to to have this kind of discussion about a season preview. I kind of want to say the discuss like, can this team, if they're really competitive to start out, Say, stop themselves from trying to insert themselves into a playoff race too early. Can they, will they show self-restraint? Because let's say they start off like because of like circumstances and heaven forbid someone gets sick or something on the other team or something like that. Like because of these circumstances, let's say the Hornets start out six, seven and one or something like really ridiculous. Are the Hornets going to be, especially that front office, are they going to be able to stop themselves from trying to go all in on a big playoff run? I, I want to see the restraint, and I'm not sure they will, but I want to see, like, like what's the growth going to be? And I think the growth curve and where is this team? Because I call this a gap year. I call it, like, they're, this is a year where, again, you're supposed to culture yourself there are no expectations. If you get lost in a tram all the way in Europe somehow, that's okay. But the idea is this is going to be a gap year. This is going to be a year in which there are no expectations, and that's completely okay because you know what? It's a gap year. Nothing matters. So I feel so, like that's the thing. It, it, again, LaMelo Rookie of the Year, but treat this as the Hornets gap year. So, yeah, I mean, main, so main storylines, right? Like LaMelo Ball, third overall pick. You're going to be paying attention to him as much as anybody. Gordon Hayward, a huge free agent acquisition, certainly going to be paying attention to him. What's crazy to me, Nada, is to me, those are the two biggest storylines. And mm-hmm. yet it all happened basically within a week or two's time. And both of them could have been, been avoided. Because if you draft James Wiseman three overall, let's just say that the big guy from Memphis, he falls to the Hornets. They select him third overall and the Hornets stay relatively quiet in free agency doing the Christian Wood thing. Or, I mean, even Joe Harris wouldn't get as much attention, of course, as Gordon Hayward. You know, like if they would have stayed relatively quiet and they not would have and they would not have drafted LaMelo Ball, then neither of these storylines, I think, happen like that. I think the biggest storyline in that case, if neither of those two things happen, with, with a Wiseman being third, would be what happens with Devontae Graham this season and P.J. Washington. What what kind True. of step do those guys take? And I think that LaMelo Ball being the third overall pick, it's the player. It's not just because he's the third overall pick. It's the type of player that he is. It's the fact that they took a point guard in what is a somewhat relatively crowded backcourt. Even if you don't think Rozier is here long-term, you still have Monk, you still have Devontae Graham, you still have Cody Martin, and yet they still took LaMelo Ball because he's crazy entertaining. He's got the Instagram followers. He's got LeVar ball. I mean, that guy himself is going to be a walking storyline with whatever team drafted him. It's the Hornets. And then they go out and give 30 mil a year 
to a player that was, we were somewhat surprised opted out of his contract with the Boston Celtics and it's the Hornets going after him. I think that's my point is, you know, boom, right? Like bang, bang, two huge storylines for the Hornets that hit you over the head immediately and easily could have been avoided had they actually gone. Even if they trade up, Nada, like Mm -hmm. if the Hornets trade up for James Wiseman one spot or two, I still don't know if that's emphatically the number one storyline James Wiseman rookie play over a Devontae and PJ and their development and what the Hornets can do. Well, no, actually, here's the thing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree with you there because I think James Wiseman being the perfect fit for this roster. And I think if anything, a James Wiseman, if he lives up to a third of what his physical gifts are, would have would have had this team talking about hey, we can maybe slide into that 10 seed no matter what happens. I really do believe that at some point, like I think the Wiseman thing would have accelerated the playoffs talks, not slowed them down. At least with what they did now, I do believe that there is a little bit of a piece of, okay, this team is still young. This team is still figuring out. Wiseman would have been the capper and would have had people falsely, I might add, believing that this was a playoff team. Are you saying Wiseman and Gordon Hayward? Or are yeah, you Wiseman, Wiseman and Gordon Hayward with or without yeah. Gordon Hayward? No, Wiseman, okay. Wiseman with, Gordon, with, with Gordon Hayward would have made this a, again, this team, quote unquote, complete to the point where you're not worried about play. Again, they someone would have justified, hey, let's go all in for the playoffs with a Wiseman and a Gordon Hayward. I really do yeah. believe that. Um, would have been interesting to see. I, it, it is, yeah, it, it is kind of crazy to see what we've seen the last couple of weeks or so with Gordon Hayward's acquisition and LaMelo Ball, um, him being a part of the team with the third overall pick. Before we go to a couple of the other bullet points, I want to talk to you about how to re- uh, reduce stress in your life because it can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes and that's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app. Headspace is the one of the only meditation apps advancing the fields of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research also. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some sleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. So interesting there. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with a mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. There's really no reason for you not to go get this and try this out for at least a one month trial. Really none whatsoever. It's all for free. So again, Try Headspace out and you can use uh, headspace.com slash locked on NBA. We'll get to a couple of the other bullet points. What's the best case and worst case scenario for this team next season? That's next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? 
I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than counterclockwise. Tough. I've tried it. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Still to come this week on Locked on Hornets, we'll continue to dive into the comments from James Borrego and any other player that has media availability. Hornets have the day off today, so no player or coach actually speaking with local media. And we're doing the preview today. So if we don't get to anything today, we can also get to that later on in the week as well. Plenty of content as the season does start here soon. And in just four days, we're going to get our first uh, Hornets preseason game uh, to see that the season is going to be starting this soon. Now, let's go to the best case scenario first. Um, You know, I had the most trouble answering these when I was doing the NBA season preview because of the Gordon Hayward signing really altogether. I, 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 when you, when you sign Gordon Hayward, that's a big enough contract to at least have you think this should be something that propels you close to a playoff spot. And if he doesn't, then it kind of goes into the argument of, well, okay, if he doesn't get you to a playoff spot, then this is not worth, this is not a guy that's worth the contract. And then on the flip side of that, I also don't want them to get to the playoffs because I want them to get a higher draft pick because I think it would be fool's gold as to the success that they might have. So here's what I wrote. I put, it it leads to an interesting debate as to what is the best case scenario for this team, because I would rather the Hornets miss the playoffs compared to grabbing a seven or eight seed in the East and getting bounced in the first round. Even if it means you raise an eyebrow even further towards a Hayward signing that should propel them to the playoffs, given the contract amount, my personal best case scenario, nada is for this team uh, to compete and show competent basketball every night. All the right players take a step up, including your recent first round picks and promising second rounders, yet not quite making the postseason because the East got legitimately better and Charlotte ends with a higher lottery pick. If you're strictly talking about record, the highest spot I think they can reach is the seven or the eight seed. And I think seven is even, you know, pretty damn high. So really talking about the eight seed, but my personal best case scenario, as I just kind of laid out, all the right players are taking steps up. They don't make the playoffs, but they are competitive. They things. Gordon Hayward still looks like a good basketball player. And it's just that the East got all that much better. Like the wizards are just actually out here playing legitimately. Well, the Atlanta Hawks take the step. Most people think they will. Orlando didn't get as bad as people think they will. Like all those things happen to the point where Hornets are still decent, but they get a higher draft pick. Don't make the playoffs. That's my best case scenario. What would your best case scenario be? Here's something I, I kind of agree with you. Here's the here's the best case scenario for them. They go to they go and get to the 10 spot. They lose in that play in tournament, and yet they end up with a top five pick. That's the best case scenario because a 10 seed means that you were better than either Atlanta or Washington. You competed, you developed your players, you got to a point where you could put yourself in the playoffs and you were maybe a player too shy, and then you end up with a top five pick. That seems like the best case scenario because you know what happens then? Then you add an Evan Mobley. Then you add a Cade Cunningham. Then you add a couple of these guys that everybody said was better than most of the than Wiseman or Anthony Edwards in this draft. That is the best case scenario because you add talent at a, at a price. And on top of that, LaMelo Ball, again, you develop another year of LaMelo Ball in a year that actually matters because, I, again, this is a gap year. This is an important step in terms of developing guys. Development is the best case scenario. So if you develop guys enough to be a 10 seed in the East and yet 
still have more room to grow. That's a great, that's the best case scenario. Playoffs this year, as much as, as much as everybody would love it and feel, and feel validated about it, it's still too soon. Yeah, so well, no, I mean, we are, we already got to the playoffs and we got bounced in the first round and there's mm-hmm. not like, yeah, if it was a realistic expectation to actually get into the postseason and win a series, then sure, that would be a best case scenario. But you have to look at this as realistic scenarios that actually happen. And for me, the absolute best case is to even saying seven seed feels a little bit of a far-fetched idea. I think it's possible, but even seven seed seems a little bit too much. So you're talking about getting the eight seed and then getting beat down and what you're hoping is five games rather than four by the first or second seed in the East. And so when you talk about the worst case scenario, not, I think there's a few ways this could go badly, which is why I didn't <laughs> like the Gordon Hayward signing. So what I put was, you know, one worst case scenario would be for this team to achieve like a mirage type success they win, but their point differential again indicates that they're worse than their actual record is, and it takes them out of a higher draft pick. And then the others would be Devontae Graham not taking that step forward in some of the areas he needs to work on. Where you talk about fool's gold and mirage, we think of the first half of the season for Devontae last season. So he doesn't take the step up. Lamelo shot selection, decision making, turning the ball over a lot, never is able to even hit the shots that he does take, even if they're the right kind of things. And then Gordon Hayward not looking like a legitimate two option on a future playoff team. And even as injuries can be sort of like this lazy answer. Yeah, we could always say worst case scenario, everybody gets COVID, right? Like worst case mm-hmm. scenario, everybody gets injured. And a realistic thing, you know, Gordon Hayward has an injury that comes in and plays I don't know, half the games or less, or, or even if he misses 20 games on the year, you know, that's something that will really be concerning. Those are a couple of the things that I thought of in a worst case scenario. What are some of the bad things you think could happen for the Hornets and it be as bad, as bad as it gets the mirage season. Like you said, it's the mirage. You have a scenario in which you have a season where you end up being six seed or seven seed because of just the way that this season is going to be wacky. And this forces this team to go all in. We've seen this before. We've seen 2016, a team where they had to keep that team together because you won 48 games. If this team wins 38, 40 games in a 72 game season, they're going to go all in. They're going to hit the tax for this. And it may be a year too soon. Any scenario in which the Hornets are surprisingly more competitive than they have any right to be is a bad scenario. There is no winning that. But we get playoffs. No. Unless you were telling me that this team is going to be two rounds good this year, there is no reason to go all in. And anything that remotely resembles a team where you're literally about, again, where they feel like they can be competitive for a star or overpay for another role player, that is a bet again. Any in any case where that's a, where that scenario is possible is the worst case scenario. Anything that takes them out of a top ten pick this year is a bad scenario to be in. I am here for collecting talent. I am here for being competitive. I am not here to take take themselves out of the the talking of, oh my God, we we miss out on Evan Mobley. Cade Cunningham, this, that, and the third. We still have one more year in the rebuild process before you can say legitimately, okay, we're ready to start completing for a playoff. 
Yeah, I would completely agree. Looks like we agree on that one. We'll go to a couple more bullet points. We'll try to finish out the six that were given for the season previews. But first, I want to talk about Built Go. And whether it's a mental or a physical wall, you can break through that phys- you can you can break through that wall with Built Go every single day. And the best part about them is not only do they come in delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, or chocolate mint, but they come in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. They're simply the best workout gel on the market. And it's kind of like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural. So you know it's better for your body. It's got collagen. It's got collagen um, in the ingredients. And what collagen does is it promotes joint and soft tissue, uh, hair and skin health. So not only do you feel better, the stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. The other bullet points that we'll get to, what are the differences with this team this year compared to last? Who are some of the negative and positive trajectories as far as players go on this team? And what's our final prediction on what this team will finish as? That's coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like, it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there. And then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good, but it's just, it'll, it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Nada, the number one, uh, the next one up, I should say, on the season preview. It's the differences from this team compared to the, to uh, what we saw from uh, this team last year. Offensively, defensively, just some of the things that come to mind. I think the number one thing that I go to all around the center conversation. And mm-hmm. even with James Borrego kind of calming everyone down on the PJ Washington at five discussion. Like this was all kind of brought up by James Borrego, you know, like we, we can settle down a little bit, but it was Borrego that was talking about this so much. It was PJ Washington that said, yeah, I played almost all five in the mini bubble that we had. So even if it makes sense that Cody Zeller is still your best center on the team, he is, in my opinion, a good basketball player and they might actually use him a lot. We talked about this yesterday. Do they use Cody Zeller a little bit more this year than they did last year because of all the maybe wonky lineups that Borrego was trying out and just viewing last season as this big experiment where if they're continuing to talk about how they have higher expectations, you're going to play your best players. Cody Zeller is one of your better players. So I do think that PJ Washington, though, is going to get a lot of time at the five. That's going to be different than what we saw last year. We know about LaMelo. We know about Gordon Hayward. That's going to be different. And we are hoping at least from James Borrego, that because they might go smaller, they're going to have to make sure that they limit people getting into the lane and uh, and actually prohibit people from finishing at the rim because they were really bad at that. Their high, height disadvantage, you're hoping, isn't as exposed. And even when Cody Zeller's in there, you know, one of the worst part about his games is post-defense. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I think that's some of the differences. Going a little bit smaller than you have seen them this uh, last year. They can only improve on their pace. They finished dead last. So, yeah. <laughs> LaMelo yeah. Ball immediately is going to help you, and they can only improve anyway. So, the pace is going to change, even if it's not radically... And uh, the, uh, you're hoping that they're limiting shots inside better than what they were last year. No, I absolutely agree. The um, the one thing I would probably say about how this team is going to be different, I think they're going to be better offensively. I just think they're just going to be abjectly bad at defense. I don't yeah. think they're going to be able to keep anybody out of the lane. 
I think they're going to they're going to average close to 120, 130 points a game. I just wonder if they're going to give up 140. Like, I really do believe in this offensive talent for this team. I just don't think they can stop anybody. I don't think they have anybody that can stop. They can keep anybody out of the paint. And I think that's the way this 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 team evidently unfolds. We're going to see a team that's very exciting to watch. We're going to see a team that's going to have highlights and, and a whole bunch of viral clips on Twitter and everything else like that. But I also worry that, again, we're going to see a, a, a team that, and I hate to go to this, the, the uh, social media clip, but we saw Cody Zeller going footloose and fancy free through the paint. That, that felt like a just a harbinger of doom. And granted, it's a, it's a cherry-picked social post, but at the same time, that is still my concern that this team will not be able to defend. I'm not sure they have five guys on this roster that can defend. That said, they can score. They're going to be exciting. They're going to be fun to watch. But, again, how many wins does that lead to? Yeah, I mean, and, and even just with the offense, you know, Gordon Hayward, we talked about just getting shot creators and playmakers a little bit more. So, you know, Gordon Hayward has proven to be a shot maker. And Devontae Graham had a lot of bad nights, field goal percentage-wise, where you would go to, okay, Malik and Devontae, those are a couple of guys that can create their own shot in a half-court set. Gordon Hayward can do the same thing. And at a, and he's proven to be able to do that at a high level. So Gordon coming in is, is just going to help your offense, just getting buckets. And certainly LaMelo, as you mentioned, he's certainly going to help facilitate it a lot more. All right. So what are some of the trajectories that we'll see from players in a negative or a positive standpoint? I actually gave one example of each. I don't think there's any doubt, Nada, that Malik Monk is the guy that um, is most negatively affected with everything that's happened so far. Not to mention that we just had the positive COVID-19 test for Malik that's going to set him back at least for a little while. But even when things go right, this is what I wrote. Even when things go right for Monk, it doesn't happen for very long. I'm as big of a fan as there is when it comes to his game and, it, and would love to hold on to him. But reality states that his best stretch of basketball last season was cut short because of a suspension due to a violation against the NBA's anti-drug policy. The season ended before he even had a chance to come back and resurrect some of those good feelings that you had. He's heading into his fourth year, which on this team actually means he's more experienced than a lot of other players on this roster. Not to mention, you add LaMelo through the draft, which is, an, again, a crowded backcourt. Terry and Devontae aren't going to lose minutes. And even Cody Martin is someone that got an all-rookie vote uh, last year. Uh, if you're not going to get playing time, it's going to be harder to leave a good impression. And even with Malik's uh, age being around the same or younger than a Devontae or the Martin twins, it's still someone that I, I think absolutely is trending in a negative direction. Despite the last stretch of basketball he played being good, like that's crazy. But everything that's happened around it, I think it has to be a negative trajectory. What do you think about Malik Monk's trajectory? I'm I kind of am worried about Malik, but he's not the guy I worry the most about. I honestly worry about Devontae Graham. Like, Devontae is going to have to split up some more shots. We have to worry about can he get to the rim and finish because that's something he didn't necessarily do. He had to finish in the mid-range a little bit better. I am kind – like I said, I'm worried. He's the guy that I kind of worry about when we start talking about who's going to diminish, who's going to diminish. And even then, even if he has a setback year, he's still your point guard of the future for this team. But at the same time, I see him taking a step back to the point where, again, a Gordon Hayward probably takes again, ends up being the best player on this team. And surprise, surprise, I believe LaMelo is probably going to be the second best player on this team. 
before all, all everything is said and done for this season. I just, again, when we start talking about negative trajectories, I still believe in Malik. Malik is not going to be a factor on this team probably until the second half because he's going to be basically out from most of the preseason. So I, I do worry about him, but I think he's going to be one of those guys that they do believe in because they do they do believe in that talent. Devontae is the guy I worry about. Well, yeah, it's funny. I put Devontae as a guy that has a positive trajectory, and here's why. Here's what I wrote. I put Devontae Graham, I actually think um, you view from a positive standpoint. He will be great as an offensive off guard, even with the lack of size that he has. I think he really struggled when defenses prioritized stopping him amidst his breakout season because there were no other options that the team had to really worry about, and it was Devontae that was the guy. He won't have to have near the amount of defensive attention he received last year. LaMelo can actually set Devontae Graham up for open shots and lineups with a five that can shoot will open up lanes and unclog a paint to aid him in his two-point woes that were a real problem in 2019-2020. I think better players are going to help Devontae Graham with LaMelo playing the one. Devontae, even if it's a small off guard, like I get that, but Devontae is a really good shooter. I believe in his shooting. I think that he's going to be a good, um, I think he's going to be set up. And I think that the fact that this is a team that can now spread the floor more, Devontae's not going to have to deal with finishing among the trees as much. And I think that's only going to help his two-point percentage. And I think even just putting players in different roles, it really complements their skill set. Devontae was never going to be the number one guy on a team that looked to make a deep run into the postseason, but he was the number one guy last year. And that's never going to be his role for the long term. He's going to be, we're, we're talking about him just being a, a, a top half of the uh, league starting point guard or, or just even starting guard. I think LaMelo and Gordon Hayward can really help with that. Oh, I, I agree that you have, a, I agree that he can be that, but I think that's something for next season, not necessarily this season. This season, there are a whole bunch of bodies and there are a whole bunch mm -hmm. of shots that need to be had. The guy that I actually think is going to have the positive trajectory is a guy that we've kind of maligned a little bit, but at the same time know that he's been playing out of position, and that's Miles Bridges. I think Miles Bridges with a full season at the four. I think a, a Miles Bridges that'll come off, most likely come off the bench to start this season. I think a lot of this with a guy like Miles Bridges where you have better facilitators, you have guys that can get shots. They got you have guys that can get him easier shots. I think he's a guy that's going to flourish, especially with when you add a Lamelo ball. Because I'm salivating right now, thinking about the ball, bridges, pick and roll, and the things that can come out of that. You're talking about a guy that can pick and pop, that can be the big in the pick and pop. You're talking about a guy that can flash to the rim and finish. I think especially when there's money on the line, and that's the thing with Miles Bridges this year, Bridges is contract eligible, contract ascension eligible after this season. He's got to put his best foot forward. So I think a guy like LaMelo Ball is a perfect guy to put around him to be that kind of, I'm not going to call him a Josh Smith type, but Josh Smith light. I can see it with a guy like LaMelo and LaMelo being able to activate someone like that. 
I, I really do think it's Miles Bridges that's going to I think to people have kind of cringed about the Josh Smith thing, though. It's not exactly like Josh Smith is the best name you want to hear about this. But, uh, but yeah, maybe maybe good Josh Smith. Is that what you're looking at? Are you just going yeah. with the lefty comparison? Is that what you're good doing? Good Josh Smith. Again, lefties with bounce, man. That can, hit, that can actually hit a three, too. Lefties with bounce. And again, he's a better <laughs> shooter than Josh Smith ever was. So that's, again, you got to remember that part. So, but I think... Like um, I Bridges, I, I really do believe in Bridges, especially now that there's a point guard that can get him and get him the ball in interesting spots. All right. Last one here. Uh, the last one that we have is your best guess on how the season ends. I kept this one short. I think that the Hornets are going to finish as the 10 seed, not in the East. Uh, I think they're still going to provide a competitive and entertaining product this season. Uh, I think that it's going to be, aesthetically pleasing basketball compared to what we've seen before. You're going to get competent basketball from this roster. I still think that the East just got better enough to where there are going to be nine teams at least that are better than the Hornets and they finish as the 10 seed. That's my prediction for the team entirely. Uh, how, what is your best guess as to how the season ends? They finish in the plan. I, I, I agree with you. They finish in the plan. I do believe that they fin. There's a part of me that doesn't really believe in Washington. There's also another part of me that thinks like that someone in that eight is uh, besides Orlando isn't going to be as good as advertised. And I'm not sure if it's Indiana because of all the stuff that's going on with them and all the drama and new coaching and Victor Oladipo not wanting to be there. There's just this feeling I have that they're going to, the Hornets are going to end up in as being one of the best 10 best teams in the East and that along with the growth and just the fact that they're going to be able to score on damn near anybody. I really think they're going to be one of the 10 best teams in the East. And I also think they're going to be in a position to draft a, another, I'm not going to say draft another star, but another big piece come the end of the season next year. All right. Uh, let's hold off on a couple of other, just a, have on the year. We'll do that tomorrow. That'll wrap up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Always appreciate you guys joining us and listening to the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen. So much good stuff. 